0: We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football.
1: Tight trips left. Option look. Keeper 10 Ten, five. Touchdown, Cougars! Jaron Hall scores!
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. To get you ready for BYU football, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley.
2: Good evening, BYU fans, and welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU athletics. My name is Ben Bagley. Thank you for joining us for BYU football, and joining me is former BYU quarterback, and he is a legend, at least in my mind, Riley Nelson. Riley, look, we're we are here live just outside the stadium at Cougar Canyon, and there are thousands of royal blue-clad BYU fans here just chomping at the bit to get in the stadium. That is
3: not an exaggeration. I turned off University Avenue at about 5 to 5, so we're talking three hours and uh, basically three and a half hours before kick, and it took me over a half hour to get here because of <laughs> the throngs of people
2: trying to make it here tonight to LaBelle Edwards Stadium. And I'll tell you what, I would not rather be anywhere else. It's funny because we—you were—you were last last week. You're down in Las Vegas for the Arizona game, and everybody's talking about the turnout for BYU fans, Cougar Nation, in Las Va- Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. And as you watched it on TV, just a sea of royal blue. It looks like just they got transplanted from Las Vegas and landed right here in Provo because this is an impressive site. And I'll tell you what, I'm giddy for some football. Me too. The fact that the home
3: opener, after all of the struggle and the unique c- circumstance that was last year, all of that pent-up demand for the fans and the program and the players to be able to release that on Utah in Week 1 at home in Provo, Ben,
2: it's uh, it's a dream come true. Yeah, last week you know, it was a neutral site game, but kind of a road game for some of the BYU fans it was the appetizer to what this is, which is the main course. We're opening up the home schedule at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and it is a rivalry game versus Utah, who's ranked 21st in the AP poll. I, I You know what? We've come this far, and we're going to get to our headlines in a second, but I just want to start right here. Rivalry week means something different to you?
3: Without a question. Without a question, it does. Just another game. I think that narrative... Maybe was mentioned by some people, and I, I, I actually believe there was a certain point during my coach, who I you know love and respect, Coach Mendenhall, where he even uttered those words. But it's not. No matter how much you try and convince yourself that it's just another game, the fact is and the reality is it is not just another game. So you might as well embrace the fact that this game is different of the other 11 games on your schedule
2: Get up for it, get intense, get ready, and go out and perform. Uh, we know the fans are hyped, and that by talking to some of the players and coaches this week, I know they're hyped, so let's get ready and let's go. But before we get to everything else with Cougars facing the Utes, let's get to our headlines today for Cougar Pre-Game Live. All right, headline one, Riley. We're not very often do we do a football game, but the first headline's got nothing to do with the game. It has to do with the big announcement yesterday. BYU joining the Big 12 is... BYU President Kevin Worthen and 80 Tom Homo accepted an invitation from the Big 12 to join the conference in all sports except men's volleyball in 2023. Huge headlines yesterday. What does this mean for BYU as a whole? I think,
3: well, Ben, as people have asked me this since the news uh, was made public, I've been all the way jumping to, well, I think ultimately one of the five power fives is going to dissolve. You're going to have a four-conference feeder into a playoff system, and all of it directed by football. But that means a tremendous opportunity for the existing athletes to be able to test themselves consistently against higher levels of competition. Secondly, for the athletic department, it means more – and listen – We're kind of in a culture where we don't we're kind of told or discouraged from aspiring to these types of things But it means more notoriety more prestige And those matter when it comes to running an athletic department and athletic programs in the 2020s and being associated with the Big 12 definitely increases our profile in that regard and then lastly uh, I will end with I believe as far as football is concerned this is, this is a tremor leading to the tectonic shift that will take place sometime later in this decade, um, and I think it positions BYU far better than the current state of independence
2: does. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot more about the independence and the news surrounding it coming up in our next segment, but let's get back to the headlines. Headline number two, BYU hosts Utah. It is rivalry week, and it's time to end the streak, Riley as they say on social medias right now one is coming what does be what you need to do to get the
3: one you know and we'll get into our keys in in a lot more detail but i think ultimately first and foremost and it's already starting out here with in cougar canyon with cougar nation and the sea of royal that you mentioned just a minute ago they need to bring the intensity they need to approach this game differently than they have the last nine times because however they approached it the last nine times was did not get the job done first and foremost secondly i think they need to go out and play confidently there has been a sense it's even been palpable times in the stadium where you come in very hopeful and then at the first sign of adversity it's like well here we go again you have to come in expecting that you are going to be in a dogfight for sixty minutes put your foot the pedal to the metal, your foot all the way down on the gas, and not let up until that final horn sounds.
2: All gas, no break. That's what it's going to take today. What's interesting is we looked ahead to this week. It's This is a rivalry week like none other I've been a part of. I've been covering this rivalry for 20 years as a professional broadcaster. I've seen it all. I've seen BYU domination. We've obviously seen Utah domination. We've seen the ups and the downs and the crazy finishes and the the epic stories. It's just that just litter this rivalry. This week's been different, because it was overshadowed. It was overshadowed by the news of the Big 12. It was overshadowed by the rumors of the Big 12. If As BYU fans and BYU, those following the Cougars, you didn't hear a lot in the media out there about this rivalry game. And that's from that side of it. But in talking to some players and coaches, they were locked in. And it was all about one thing. Not the Big 12, it was about, we got a game Saturday and we're sick of losing to these guys.
3: I believe it was Dr. Dre who coined the phrase, (laughs) in his song, Forgot About Me, that what, because I've been in the lab with a pen and a pad, you know, you you guys are essentially writing me off. And We'll we'll go into, the lyrics get a little bit inappropriate for our family (laughs) listeners after that fact, but this, the news of the Big 12, I think it, it did a great service to this football team in that it allowed them to get in the lab and prepare in isolation. Normally rivalry week is the most media heavy week. I, I went through it multiple times as a player and your normal post-practice the, uh, you know, Monday, you're kind of doing a recap of the game. And then, you know, Tuesday, people are tr- trying to get their storylines, but by Wednesday, Thursday, it's non-existent. Well, rivalry week, not only do the, is Monday are you hit up with, you still got to do all the recap and everything, but now the storyline, you're getting hit with storylines for the rivalry game all of a sudden on Monday, and then Tuesday, and it doesn't taper off on Wednesday. They're hitting you there Wednesday. You, you finally get a reprieve on Thursday because the SIDs don't let the media in, yeah. but you have three heavy days where your normal post-practice responsibility is maybe five to seven minutes, and it's 10 to 15. I know that doesn't seem huge, but every question you ask is a, is a subconscious, you know, suggestion to your mind about how big this game is and everything that's riding on it and all the pressure. The fact that the players didn't have to deal with that this week, and they could take... That energy that they use to manage that that media and pressure and, and external hype and focus that towards the game plan and their execution. I'm excited to see what that means on the field.
2: What's well, interesting, it would have been easy, easy. Like, like I, I'm a guy who gets distracted easy. I, I'm doing something, working on my office of the computer. Oh, hey, look, this tweet. Okay, I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole. And come back. Oh yeah, squirrel. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time I talked to a player this week, and one and, and talking to Kalani on a couple of things as well, they they made sure Kalani made sure he especially, but his team was isolated from all the Big Twelve talk. Like like Kalani had no clue, and he this is a big thing for him. Like it's it, it's a big shift for his football program. It's something that I normally you would think your head coach would be all in and neck deep in. He wasn't. He had no clue. It was almost like, Tom Homo, don't come talk to me about this. i got a game to win. We can talk about this on Sunday.
3: Yeah. Well, Ben, I think it has. It, it's twofold. One is he knows his job is to win football. If he doesn't take care of business tonight and the week after that and the week after that, he might not be around because this deal doesn't go down for two more years, yeah. right? Yeah. You've got this season and next, and then the Big 12 starts. The second thing is, from managing his players' standpoint, you're going to graduate this year's class and you're gra- going to graduate next year's class, which means that, Probably the majority of the guys that are going to be on the field tonight are never going to play in the Big 12 Conference. They're going to finish out their career in independence. And so what good does it do them focusing energy and effort on what's going to take place in 2020 in the 2023-2024 season? It serves you nothing. So for them to inoculate themselves and to get the luxury of preparing in isolation, I think, it is a great thing. It is, it is unique, and uh, it, it, I think a lot of fans... We're starved because we saw Pope get out there and you know give the Instagram story and yep. Coach Littlewood and yep. and a lot of the other coaches throughout the athletic department, they were all in because they're off season, but Kalani is right in the middle of the season in the most important game of a young sea of I know it's only week two but this is, the se- I mean it feels because it's rival week and it's big it feels like the season
2: hinges on this week next headline we got is injury concerns coming out of Game 1. I can give you this update after talking to BYU Sports Information today. Keenan Ellis, in all his tests after last week's big collision on the field and scares, he got sent to the hospital. All his tests last week were negative for any spinal or brain injuries. He is currently in concussion protocol. Not shockingly, he won't play in today's game. Gunnar Romney's doubtful, but not out for the season. Don't expect him to see today. But Samson and Puka Nakua are expected to play. Let's talk about the Nakua brothers as our final headline. What kind of a difference can they make today?
3: Well, obviously Samson, I think, uh, I expect him to have an impact on the field, but I think his biggest impact could have been during this week of preparation in the locker room saying, hey, guys, I've been on the other side of this. Here's let me tell you a little bit of insight of, of how they might be approaching it. Or maybe he spent some time with the DBs or his or there's other fellow receivers have been like, look, from practicing with these guys for years, here's a technique that they play and here's how to take advantage of it. So I think Sams is gonna do and then Puka I know was just extremely frustrated. He experienced that injury early on in fall camp. He was basically held out word on that guy as he is just chomping at the bit to play against football no matter who it is so i expect the nakua brothers to play a big role whether it's psychologically on the sideline in the locker room but also on the field samson told me
2: this week and during practices this week the coaches have had to pry him and his brother off the field they've wanted every rep they could get this week awesome coming up next on cougar to pre- pre-game live more from cougar canyon We're parked outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. By the way, it's not often the robbery robbery game takes a backseat the day before the game. It did yesterday in what was a historic day for BYU football, BYU athletics, and the university as a whole. We'll talk more about that. We'll hear from the parties involved. That's coming up next. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network, alongside Riley Nelson. Here's Ben Bagley. Welcome back to Cougar
2: Pregame Live, and for those of uh, those of you just joining us for the first time on KSL News Radio, welcome as we get you ready for the rivalry game as BYU hosts the 21st-ranked Utah Utes. I'm Ben Bagley, and joining me, former BYU quarterback and current BYU game analyst, and one the one and only. Riley Nelson, Cougar Pre-Game Live, is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Normally at this time, we'd get to know the full a little bit by ta- talking to an opponent's broadcaster, however, yesterday was arguably the biggest day in BYU sports history, as BYU was invited to and accepted an invitation to join the Big 12 Conference. BYU will join the conference in 2023 in all sports except men's volleyball, which is the only sport at BYU the Big 12 doesn't fill. The men's volleyball team will continue as a member of the MPSF. Riley, you heard the announcement. After all the rumors, it's true. We can stop saying if it's going to happen. It's going to happen in 2023. And what was your reaction when you heard the news? Uh,
3: A lot of excitement. I just, uh, it's a culmination of really decades of work by student athlete, and we focus so much on football, but student athlete, if if our basketball team or our, our softball team or our track and field or our women's volleyball, if they weren't up to snuff, I don't know that we'd be as attractive as a candidate, but it's been, so it's been a culmination of decades of hard work by the university at large, the athletic department involved, but they are made up of the individual athletes who have come to BYU, put in the blood, sweat, and tears to make these programs be the level and caliber of programs that they are uh, to get finally excited. One, one caveat, just because of our recent success against Texas and Oklahoma, <laughs> how those recent <laughs> games are gone, I'm a little bit sad that they don't get to come and, and get their taste of BYU as a conference
2: member. But uh, outside of that, I, I'm looking forward to the it. The fun thing is they might have to for two years, though, because That's they're right. still scheduled to be there until 2025. Now, all this is up for debate and negotiation odd stuff. But right now the plans are BYU goes to the conference in 2023. Texas and Oklahoma leaves the conference in 2025. It's funny. How did I react to this? Well, after two days of just making sure this announcement all happened right with BYU TV and BYU radio and all the other stuff involved, which is an awesome experience, do you know what I did today? I watched Big 12 football. I have <laughs> never been a guy on a Saturday who's like, hey, let's find a Big 12 football game. I was watching the battle for the Cyhawk trophy. I would like you tell I was like yeah. Oh hey, that's a well, that's a Big Twelve brother and let's watch this game. Man. Let's go. Let's go. Go Big Twelve. Well, I think you missed
3: out on a lot of good offense, so it's funny, (laughs) tonight, and we'll get into this a little bit later in our pregame show, but I'm very familiar with Charlie Brewer because when Matt Rule, the current current head coach for the Carolina Panthers, was the head coach at Baylor, they had great offense, and all those years of playing against Gary Patterson, I can't help but, what's he cooking up on defense this year, because those (laughs) defense, I still get nightmares about what they do, of course you got what Lincoln Riley's doing at Oklahoma, and it's always fun to, you know... Look, I, I love that Taysom put it on them, but still, those the all white with the burn orange Longhorn are some of the freshest. So, to, unlike you, I have been a participant and a consumer of Big 12 football for many years, and uh, am just which made me all the more excited to be a part of it because I know it's extremely slept on. I know Oklahoma hasn't had the success in the playoff, and there hasn't been a national championship in some time, but they play good football down there. And so, and we play good football up here. So it would only make sense that we would join forces.
2: Well, let's hear from three of the participants from yesterday's press conference announcing BYU's entrance to the Big 12. First up, Texas Tech President Larry Sknovic, Sk- Sk- who was also the Big 12 Board of Directors uh, Chairman. President Sknovic, after making his announcement, said the fit for BYU was obvious.
4: In this process, we were looking for the best universities with the best athletic programs. And uh, with those criteria, you quickly focus on certain institutions. And so it was a very easy decision uh, to come to the point where we are today. Um, BYU also fits in ways that complement our athletic strengths as well as our ath- uh, athletic programs. So um, this was a very clear and relatively easy decision for the eight continuing members of the Big 12.
2: You mentioned the other student-athletes, BYU perennially a top 20 Learfield Cup team, organization, university. President Skanovic here says, yeah, that's one of the big reasons. I agree,
3: amen, de acuerdo. Like, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to add. Yeah, I I agree. That was well said, well put. Um, Like I said, those who follow it our rival, you know, some people might get, tr- might try and say some trumped up things to get under your skin, but no matter which way you look at it, BYU
2: belongs. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlsby said this relationship between BYU and the Big 12 is one that is mutually beneficial and personally gratifying.
0: Uh it will be a very successful partnership and indeed uh, a marriage that's going to make Uh, Brigham Young University uh, more competitive. Um, It's going to make the Big 12 more competitive. And uh, speaking uh, purely on a personal level, I enjoy working with people that I trust and that I like and that I know share the values that I have for intercollegiate athletics. And uh, in a very short period of time, I've come to know that that's what your university stands for.
2: I really enjoyed the pettiness there from uh, Bob Bowles being the shot at Texas, Oklahoma, and the SEC. But besides that, some good compliments about BYU and how it's a perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, as you look at who you're bringing in to replace them,
3: everyone has a different view of themselves, and perhaps they're viewed by the outside world. But, I mean, Oklahoma, their football success has been, you know, has been next level. But when you, if you're comparing Texas and BYU straight across and across all the, as you look at it, I believe it's called the President's Cup, yep. right, the overall athletic department performance, you know, BYU goes toe-to-toe with those guys if not surpassing them. So, again, they definitely belong, and I think they are more than an adequate replacement for the outgoing parties from the Big 12.
2: And finally, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo said this 10-year process to get here has made BYU
5: better. Ten years ago, we charted a new course on our journey, a new way forward. And I feel during those years that BYU was able to learn and to grow and to change in the WCC and as an independent in football. We still have a long way to go, but that's where it all started. I appreciate uh,
2: Tom Homo there understanding. Like yesterday was the party, right? But it's kind of like, Uh, uh, You're on a team, you get the win on Saturday, you get about 12 hours to enjoy it, and now the work begins for next week, and Tom Homo realized that. You you look at what teams have done when they've made that jump. TCU-Utah, when they made the jumps to Power 5 out of the Mount West Conference, both teams struggled for a few years to get up to par. BYU, there's work to be done as you make that transition into a Power Five conference. One of the nice things that they have the luxury that those
3: that the ones that you just mentioned did not is two years of recruiting on the announcement. Those other ones made the jump, and the next season were in the middle of conference, so they were essentially, you know, playing in Pac-12, Big 12 with Mountain West, uh, Mountain West talent. And BYU is going to be able to recruit for two years on this announcement, go after, compete head-to-head with Big 12 schools. While not yet being, while only being an announced member of the big 12, hopefully that lessens the steepness of the learning curve but there will be bumps and bruises uh, as we make the jump but it is, they are welcome to bumps and bruises uh, and ones that are definitely overcomeable.
2: One thing that really I think also helps BYU especially for, well from the football side and I think Mark Pope's doing the same thing on the basketball side is they're playing they're trying to play as many power five teams in that tough schedule and they have been for years. That's gonna make that jump a little bit a little bit more tenable going forward. Hey, up next the rivalry game turnovers, it's been a big deal. In Cougar cuts, Kalani Sataki tells us all who he's looking for to make a difference in the turnover battle tonight. You're listening to Cougar pregame live on the new and BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America
2: Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time for Cougar Cuts, and we start with head coach Kalani Sataki as he breaks down what he sees from this year's Utah team.
6: Really talented, well coached. I mean, I know the coaches really well. So uh, they're going to get the most out of their kids. You can see great leadership. I mean, the guy that stands out the most to me is their linebacker. Uh, Lloyd, you know, he's just he's a big time playmaker. And they're big up front, you know, on the very physical team on on all three phases. So uh, we're we're really looking forward to the matchup. Obviously, I, I know I know them really well and We seem to know each other, so we'll we'll see what happens on the field. But it comes down to the players making plays and make sure that we as coaches learn from some of the things that we've gone through, um, especially after the first game, and try to make sure we get that improvement. Everyone says that you you improve the most from week one to week two. Uh, We'll see how much they improve. We'll see how much we improve and then see what happens on Saturday.
2: The improvement from week one to week two for both of these teams, and what's nice, I mean, while the win over Arizona in Las Vegas was nice, left lot of room for improvement.
3: Most definitely. I, I did like that there was a little bit of stress, a little bit of adversity, because you, they are going to face this tonight, so that actually didn't scare me, the fact that it wasn't a cakewalk. And then I will second what Kalani said. I got a chance to watch the game film, and... Devin Lloyd definitely does stand out, the, the linebacker for Utah. It reminds me a lot of the makeup of those Ravens teams in the 2000s where normally it's the quarterback that's the face of the of the team. Devin Lloyd, Ray Lewis was the face of those Baltimore Ravens. Devin Lloyd, although not as boisterous or, out, or outspoken as Ray Lewis was, his his play on the field is very uh, similar.
2: Right, yeah, Devin Lloyd, this just in, he's good. Uh, we're Watching him play, he's just with that guy like, oh, what? Oh, there he is again, making another time. He's always around the ball, and that's that's he's like a poor special. man's uh, Fred Warner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I approve, and I like it. Hey, having lost nine in a row to Utah, Coach Sataki was asked how much emphasis he puts on the streak in general.
6: You only get four years to play, so it's not like those guys really know that much about it. And so it's a while ago that I was on the other side when it first started. So all we care about is right now. You learn from the past, and you... You live in the the present and you prepare for the future so that's what we're going to do right now obviously there's things that you can carry over in in, in games that that allow you to be in a position to have more success and win the game we're going to try to do all that i don't think you can sit there and hide things from the players they they obviously know that there's a streak going on and things like that so you address it and then you you give them the challenge of going out there and trying to find a way to to you know break it and we're not going to hide from it or or shy away from any of that stuff we want to play this game and we want to be aggressive and uh, we want to do whatever we can to to make sure that we change what, you know, some of the past. As coaches, I mean, this is probably, it's more on us than, than anything. So we'll try to find a way to get our players to, to perform the best, give us our best chance for success.
2: I, th- I think there's a bit of a tone change in Kalani, where in the past it was kind of like, hey, it's another game, it's another game, and it's good. They're embracing it. They're embracing what this game is right now, that it is a rivalry and it means more. And I love that tone change from Kalani. And I also
3: like what he said at the beginning. The streak means nothing to the, you know, 11 guys that are going to be on the field at any certain point during this game. It means a lot to us as fans and as the program. Yes. So I'm not trying to devalue the streak. But as far as breaking it, what needs to be done to break it, the nine previous games have no bearing on what happens tonight. So I, I the tone change I noticed as well, as well as the, the focus being put on, the here, the now, executing this play, this series, this
2: quarter, this half, this game. Amen. Quarterback Jaron Hall was pleased with the offensive performance in week one, but he wants to see things click earlier in the game this week.
0: I think we just got to start faster. You know, get points on the board. That's what we're out there to do. So I think being comfortable, having more energy right from the get-go, um, you know, just getting after and trusting the game plan and really just making plays.
2: One thing I like about Jaron Hall, as a fan of football, but it annoys me a little bit as a member of the media, that guy's pulse never changes, and he is just dialed in. He's all business. He just says says what he needs to say and gets out. But you know what? I like the fact that he he was one of the first people to come out and say, "Yeah, my performance wasn't good enough. It needs to be better, and it needs to be better at the first of the game because there was like there was some tent- just tentativeness." from Jaron Hall, especially early in the game last week.
3: Yeah, no one knows that more than him, and I think he's despite what he's portraying out to us in the public and the media, I think there's an extreme sense of urgency to be able to get that taste out of his mouth and really show not just Cougar Nation, but the nation
2: at large, the type of player that he is. Turnovers have always played a key role in this game, and while Kalani is preaching no turnovers to his offense, it's his defense that he wants to focus on turnovers.
6: We've got to find a way to get our quarterback to make good decisions, but we also have to protect him, and then we, we have to put him in a position where, we, where mistakes are limited, but you also you want to score points. And so, um, you know, you want him to be aggressive. But I, I would probably go a little bit deeper into the equation, and that means that our defense needs to, needs to match the intensity and, and create some turnovers on our end as well. I think sometimes the whole focus is on the offense making mistakes. I think defense, we need to create some, some havoc and, and try to find ways to help. Relieve our offense from you know making mistakes by by creating turnovers and short fields for ourselves.
2: Kalani calling for his defense to jump up and turn the ball over from the from the Utah offense. Riley, here's here's how important I think turnovers are in this game. It's a stat that came out Monday or Tuesday this week, and I, I as researching, and I was looking at it. In this streak of nine losses, BYU's created and caused 15 turnovers. The University of Utah has nine TDs from the defense off of turnovers. So off the, I was
3: having this conversation earlier today. Uh, off the top of my head, I can think of at least a half dozen momentum-changing, momentum-swinging, game-changing plays made by Utah defense or special teams. Name me one from BYU. I can't. It's been non-existent. And so I love the emphasis to Kalani's play tonight because I agree, that needs to happen tonight. It will be a hard-fought battle tonight, and part of the recipe for it, or the formula for a victory will be a defense or special teams, if not score, big-time play that sets up, as he mentioned, an, a short field that leads to a quick offensive score.
2: In a way, it's a bit of an old-school mentality, but I'm looking at it this way. like, like Jaron Hall, who, he wants to come out, start faster. We'll kind of keep an eye on that. We'll watch uh, the Nakua's as they come out, what they can do. canil Paul will continue. But everybody, please... Watch the intensity of the defense when BYU takes the field on defense. That, I think, more than anything else, will set the tone of what we see tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Up next, after an unbelievable turnout by BYU fans in Vegas, how excited is James Empey to have Lavelle Edwards Stadium packed tonight? Find out next in Shep Talk, more Cougar pregame live, after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. (laughs)
0: you're tuned to cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network now back to your host ben bagley cougar pregame live is
2: presented by mountain america credit union the official credit union of byu athletics cougar cougar center james Empey has lived around the rivalry his entire life his dad mike played and coached at byu James, who's always been a Cougar fan, originally committed to Utah, but after his mission, decided to play at BYU. Since joining the program, James has anchored the Cougar offensive line, In today's Shep Talk
7: interview with with Jason Shepard is with James Empey. How good did it feel to be able to get that season opening victory? You're planning for all those months for opening day. You finally get there, and then you pull out a win. It's got to feel nice to start the season the way you guys did.
8: It feels good. I feel like we're in a good spot as a team right now. You know, we we won our first game, but in that first game, we had to battle. Um, we had to learn a few things about ourselves, and and there's plenty of stuff to, we got exposed in a few ways, so there's plenty of stuff to, like, look at and, and uh, learn from and get better from uh, while still getting in the win, so I couldn't ask for anything better in the first game, uh, and excited to to grow a little bit more as we go on.
7: How do you think the offensive line performed in game one?
8: Um, I I thought the guys came out and I thought they played their butts off. I mean, we had six guys that played in the game, and they all played really hard. I thought I thought you know we we put we were trying to put on field what what we've been practiced in, um, and there's still lots that we can improve on. So uh, using using that game as kind of a Building block. I'm excited to you know see how how good we can get, and if we can get you know a lot better as the season goes, that would be great.
7: In terms of things to improve on, do you think a lot of that is even though obviously there's there's you and others veteran guys on the line, even though there are new guys, they've still had a lot of, of playing time. Is it more just still getting more reps, or is there something scheme wise you think still needs to improve?
8: Yeah, I just think each each and every one of us um, needs to execute. A little bit better do do a little bit better at what we're doing uh make a few more plays and uh be be a little bit more on the same page and 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 we'll get where we need to go so just just improvement and really, really just all aspects but if we can execute just a little bit better especially as an o-line we i think we'll be uh in better shape
7: i'm curious the injury to keenan ellis obviously everybody was just in shock and i know it's very difficult to come out and play knowing now that everything is progressing really well for him what was that moment like as a team um, as you guys are watching that kind of helpless?
8: It, it just, it happened so fast. And then, you know, everybody was uh, trying to take care of him and make sure he was all right. So there's, there's not a whole lot that anybody could see, you know, and anything going on. So all you could really do was just, just be together and, and hope for the best and, and pray for Keenan and his recovery. And like you said, it, it sounds like things are, are doing all right. And uh, we just pray that he can, you know, make a, make a full recovery and hopefully be back with us soon, so.
7: It is Utah week, obviously. Anybody that's around this program uh, doesn't need to be told what, uh, how big of a game this is. You've obviously played in it, but also as a local kid, what has this rivalry meant to you throughout your life? All right,
8: from just being around here and being a, you know, BYU fan forever, it's, uh you know, it's always been there and it's been one of the funnest games to, to watch and to play in. It's a really fun game and you know, there's there's lots of kind of hype that goes into the game right from from outside. And, you know, there's lots of emotions once you're in the game. And it's just an exciting game to be in, exciting game to play in. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity to do it. And, and I'm, I'm grateful that our team gets to do it this year. And, you know, we're we're going to put in all the work this week. And hopefully we can come out and and, and play well and perform well uh, this Saturday. Re- really looking forward to it.
7: Nobody likes to talk about the streak. How much do you, is that even brought up amongst you guys?
8: I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't care too much about it. Each team is a new team. Every year is a new year. So, just looking forward to to having the opportunity to play this Saturday.
7: For those that are new to this, guys new on the team, do you have to tell them how big this is, or when they get in, they kind of know?
8: I, I think everybody knows, you know, and everybody gets excited for it. And uh, like I said, it's it's always a fun game to play in. It always it feels like it always comes down to the wire. So, you know, we're we're just excited to get things rolling.
7: Utah's defense is year in and year out the strength of their team. What do you guys know specifically about their defense? I know, you know, their linebacker, a lot of people say maybe the best defensive player they've ever had. I mean, that's pretty high praise for what they've had in that program on that side of the ball. What do you know about the Utah defense as you head into week two?
8: Yeah, they, they do a really good job at keeping offenses on their toes. They play a physical brand of football and their front seven is really tough, you know, including their, their linebackers, the D line. They're always, Big strong guys that are that are hard to move around and and like to get after it. So just uh knowing that and and knowing how good they traditionally are on defense, we're excited for the challenge. And uh, you know, you, you love the challenge, you love to to get after it and and uh, we look forward to playing Saturday.
7: We were all asking you about, you know, getting back into the season with pack stands and obviously it was unbelievable in Vegas. What do you anticipate it being like a packed Lavelle Edwards stadium for the home opener? Oh, and it's Utah. That's going to be a pretty crazy atmosphere.
8: Oh oh man, we can't wait. We we've been waiting for fans to be back in the Lavelle Edwards stadium. So we can't, we can't wait to have a packed house. We can't wait to have everybody there. And, you know, hopefully that place gets, gets rocking for the game and, you know, love Cougar nation. So we're excited about it. All
7: right, James, let's wrap things up with the final four. Here are your personality questions. What's your favorite BYU uniform combination?
8: Oof. Oh, that's a tricky one, man. They, Billy, Billy, Billy and the boys down there, they do a great job at, at making us look good all the time. So I, I don't know if I can choose a favorite. I like them all.
7: The song group or artist that you are embarrassed to admit that you like?
8: Oh, man, um,
7: that I'm embarrassed? You like them kind of on the down low. You don't want necessarily a whole lot of people know them, but it's kind of like a guilty pleasure.
8: Kind of like a guilty pleasure? Um, Selena Gomez, she's good. Yeah.
7: Okay, all right, Selena Gomez. Uh, Who is your favorite athlete, past or present? Favorite athlete, past or present?
8: Uh, I I feel like I gotta say my dad. I gotta do it. I gotta (laughs) give the old man his props.
7: That's right. You know, and and on Sunday dinners, you gotta look him in the eye. So you know, you gotta you gotta say that. All right. Last thing. The best thing about being part of BYU football is what?
8: Uh, Just just the family atmosphere of the team. Everybody looks after each other, and you know we have a great time together. Just just everybody on the team, all the staff, everybody it truly feels like family. So
7: James, great stuff. Always enjoy uh, talking with you. Good luck uh, Saturday against Utah and, uh, and we'll talk down the road. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Dennis was, I talked to Dennis yesterday.
2: Coming up next, it's time for the QB read segment and for the robbery, we're going to do something special. We're going to run a two QB system. You'll turn turning into Cougar pregame live on the new skin. BYU sports network.
0: You're tuned to cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network now back to your host ben bagley welcome back to cougar
2: pregame live presented by mountain america Credit union we are live from cougar canyon myself ben bagley and riley nelson game analyst for the byu broadcast and we are getting you ready for a rivalry matchup today as byu faces the university of utah as it is the home opener for BYU at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Riley, we, 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 we talked about it at the top of the show. We talked about the royal blue sea that seems to be moving in here. Starting to see some red mix in there, but things are starting to heat up as we get closer to game time.
3: Yeah, and we were surprised. We heard a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of energy when the Utes got off there. But obviously, their Cougar walk happened, and that was all positive, good vibes, band playing, all that. The Utes got off their bus and entered the nor- here on the northwest corner of the stadium, and uh, y- you could tense it. There was a, there was a, there was a tenseness about it. There was a, a dislike, which you always love that going into a rivalry game.
2: Yes, no, it's absolutely. This is what This is what football is all about. Is like I said. Now, now that now that we're well soon to be we're engaged to the big 12 conference I mean I was watching some of our big Big 12 brethren cheering on the Iowa State cyclones as they bottled the cyhawk trophy didn't turn out well for him as I was driving down listening on the radio and things went badly for him but like that's that rivalry matchup that listening to the, I was actually listening to the Iowa broadcast and listen to them in the booth and I am just like yep Rivalry game, love it. Love the rivalry game, and that's what we're here today. That's what we're here for today. Here as BYU faces Utah at Lavelle Edwards so, Stadium.
3: So Ben. Yes, sir. We uh, this segment is the QB read with Riley. Yes. And I arranged a. Uh, you mentioned the throng and sea of royal. Well, I I booked a special guest. Okay. For the segment. I today. like it. I like and, where this is going. Uh, and the throngs and sea of royal Cougar loyalists I'm sure made it hard, difficult for him to get here on time but we're glad that he has joined us this uh our next guest needs no introduction no one saw more wins than this guy as a QB at BYU nobody has beaten Utah since this guy was at BYU and nobody hates Utah more than this guy <laughs> at BYU the one and only my friend my mentor when I when I came to BYU and good friend Max Hall. Max, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Hey, you were there in that game, though. Most definitely. You were there. You got popped, and I, I don't know if it was like an ankle or a shoulder, but, like, I threw a couple warm-up passes, <laughs> and then <laughs> I quickly remembered there's no way Max is ever coming out of this game. No, sorry, dude. No way. Can't do it. Well, hey, first and foremost, thank you, you're up on a short night. You're still coaching down in Arizona, right?
9: Yeah, coaching <laughs> down in Arizona, and actually we just, uh, Ty Detmer is now with me. Tremendous. So, he he's the head coach. I'm the offensive coordinator. Dennis Pitt is the
3: receiver coach. I mean, we're just having a blast. who's, Boy, the, who's you know. the
2: decor then? Uh, his name's James
9: Ver- James Verinsky. He's been there ten years. He's awesome. So well, let's
3: be honest, Ben. No one really cares about that's it. true. It's, it's all about <laughs> scoring the points. It's all about the
9: offense, right?
1: <laughs> so, so
3: Max, I want to. Um, you played in this You played in this game three times. Oh yeah. seven, fourth and eighteen. Everybody remembers it. Conference champions. 08 up in Rice Eccles game gets away uh and then of course 09 the overtime win which is you know that that famous pass to Andrew George in overtime has made its rounds on social media what did you learn in those three games that if you could impart that knowledge or that wisdom to this 2021 team what would that one thing be
9: I mean if you look at the two games we won we made big plays especially at the end you know what I'm saying so we we did a good job taking care of the ball Gave ourselves a chance to win at the end of the game and then made big plays at the end of the game to win. So the game that we lost, six turnovers, you know what I mean, didn't take care of the ball. And um, so that's what they have to do tonight. This is what I think. I think both defenses are good. I think both offenses are still trying to find identity. And it's going to be which offense can kind of turn it on tonight and make those plays that I'm talking about.
3: So, Max, I I wanted to kind of let people know that you were coaching, because I feel like there's been a little bit of generational shift as far as players are concerned. Uh, obviously, the famous press conference, which, by the way, I didn't disagree with at all. I wasn't maybe <laughs> as vocal about it, and I didn't maybe have the platform that you do. But I feel the same way. I feel like, whether you, you know, hate, hate or animosity, let's not get into the semantics of vocabulary, but I yep. think you need a little bit of dislike to fuel that emotion that's required here in football. I feel like the, this new generation of players is much more about they're being friend you know they're snapping a selfie at midfield after they they're bros with everybody how are you or, or how would you if you were coaching BYU how do you with your own kids at American Leadership Academy let them know that it's okay to let that emotion that anger that vitriol come out and apply it uh, for productivity on the field
9: yeah that, that that's that's a great comment so here's the deal I think it is a little bit different with social media because there's no t- Twitter and all that when I play. But because of social media, everybody knows each other. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit different. We can be buddies. But, but when the game is on, come on, man. I don't care if you're my buddy or not. If you're competing against me, I'm not going to let you win. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to talk trash. It. it Football was personal to me. Like I took pride in playing the game. Didn't matter who I was playing, I always thought I could win, and I was going to give you everything I got. Now the Utah game was personal, big time personal for me because of what happened my junior year. So, I, I mean, I, not a day went by that I didn't think about that game and preparing my guys for it. And and yeah, in the moment, I, I hated them, right? Because of what happened. So all that emotion just came out of me after after the game in that press conference. Um, the only thing I wish I could have taken back is the whole university because yeah. the whole university that, that was bad I but shouldn't have said that <laughs> no, it's okay. th- those comments were directed at a certain fan base and um, You know like I said what they did made it personal and so I went into that game heated And uh, ready for battle because I want to do anything I can to beat those guys because of what happened the year before.
3: We talked a lot about the psychology of the game and the emotion, which to me is, I mean, that is the foundation for everything. I don't know if you had a chance to catch the BYU versus Arizona game or even a little bit of the Utah-Weaver State. uh, But from an X's and O's standpoint, what do you think has to happen tonight to result in a Cougar victory?
9: So I did see the U
3: of A game. I
9: didn't see the Utah-Utah State game at all. So I really... Uh, other than just talking to people and what they have, I, I haven't seen them play yet. But watching BYU, they need to open the playbook a
3: little bit. Yeah.
9: I think they got very conservative in that game, thinking, hey, let's just get out of here with a win. Let's not show much. Let's get ready for Utah. And they need to open it up. Okay, They need to let Jaron Hall go. They need to use the tight ends. They got two awesome tight ends. That I don't know how many catches they had, but they were non-existent in that game. So run game looked good. Now, if they can put together the play action in the pass game and be a little bit more complete offensively, man, I think we
3: got a lot of weapons. We can be pretty good. I love it. Uh, a lot of fans, maybe maybe I'm reminding them, maybe some didn't even know. You came back in 2012, my senior year, after, obviously, you had the the great career in the NFL, cut short by injuries. You came back as yeah. a student assistant to finish your degree, and I was lucky to have you there in the quarterback room with me. i I got to say, I still remember, even though we came out on the losing game of that wild finish back in 2012, you were instrumental in uh in adding that aggressiveness and that creativity to our offensive package that almost and again, I hate using almost because it only yeah. counts in in horseshoes and hand grenades, but uh, <laughs> getting that game done in two thousand and twelve. What did you learn from it having the headset on? Uh, and being on the sideline kind of as a preview to your profession now as a coach in that 2012 game.
9: Yeah, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what goes on behind the scenes uh, in preparation for the game, at practice, during the game. So, And then that experience that I had, I, you know, I did my best, Riley, to help you out as much as I can. But coaching a guy like you, I mean, guy who has heart, you know, he's willing to go to battle, he's willing to sacrifice his body, leave everything on the field. I mean, th- guys like you are fun to coach. And what that did for me was give me the itch. I was like, hey, this might be something that I want to do. I really enjoyed it. Had a great relationship with you and obviously enjoyed coaching you. So, um, man, that's what it did. I'm just like, I, I like this. I like the relationship between coach and player, and I want to pursue this down the road. But I learned a lot that season. I learned a lot from you as a player. From a different standpoint as a coach, you know, right, what I'm saying? Rather, so rather
3: than your backup and just kind of an underclass yeah. in the QB room with you, the dynamic was different. Yeah. yeah,
9: absolutely. And then, you know, Doman was still there and helping him game plan. I got to see how it all works. So, um, again, we learned a lot from each other and figured it out. But, man, at the end of the day, no matter how the season went, I was proud of how things went. I was happy. I mean, um, you battled, dude. I think I think you had a broken back, dude, right? <laughs> yeah. This guy has a broken back, and he won't come out of the game. Like, I thought I was tough until I saw Riley <laughs> out there freaking broken back. Well, that's where I learned it from. I mentioned I, I
3: was foolish enough to throw a couple warm-up passes in '09, 9 and it was like, oh, Max has never come out of the game. That's the yeah. way that I learned. That's how you play the position at BYU. You leave it all out there. You, if, if you can breathe, you're out
2: there trying to help your team win. Hey, Ben, do we have another half hour in this segment? I would love to have another half hour. I do want to ask, look. You get two q- QBs in the room like this. I just kind of get out of the way, but I'm going to sneak <laughs> in for just one last question with Max. Okay. I, I remember, like I've, I've, I told you earlier, I've covered this game on both sides of the rivalry for over 20 years. I can remember three moments where exactly I could go walk out there and show you exactly where I was standing when 4th and 18 happened. Mm-hmm. The ball was coming right at me. Oh, really? Austin Colley almost took my ankles out. I remember the post game. I, I could tell, show you the seat upstairs I was sitting. I also, I like, like, these moments, these rivalry moments is what makes this great. Yeah. Do you still get butterflies? Like, w- coming in this game now, you're not playing. You're watching afar, but does the butterflies still come? I am
9: now that I'm here. You know, watching it at home on TV, no. But that now that I'm here, the crowd's here, I'm seeing everybody, the energy. Uh, you get those butterflies, you know what I mean? I'm so excited to run out of the tunnel. With the flags with Dennis and Austin and Reno, it's going to be awesome. My kid gets to go out with me, so he gets to experience that. Rex right here. So, I mean, we got everything set up for it to be right tonight. So, I hope the I hope the players feel that, feed off the energy, play a clean game, and make those plays at the end, man.
2: It's our time. It's about
9: time. We got to make it happen. One Amen. is coming.
2: One is coming. Yes. Hey, just be careful. Don't run behind Dennis. I asked him yesterday if he can still run. He said he's going to jog. <laughs> so, so so just be out in front of him or you might get tripped up by him. Yeah. So, hey Max, thanks for dropping by. Appreciate it. it. Enjoy the moment, run the flag out, and let's enjoy the game as well. Absolutely, man. Go Cougs. Let's do it. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebel, Cougar Pre-Game Live continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley.
2: Welcome back. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Joining us now, well, he'll join us in a moment, Was Greg Rubel, voice of the Cougars. We'll visit with the voice in just a moment as he wraps up his pregame interview with Kalani Satake. But joining me here still in Cougar Canyon in a sea of royal blue, Riley Nelson. It's good to talk to Max Hall.
3: Oh, man. That's like... I wasn't joking when I asked if we could somehow squeeze out another 30 minutes in that segment. I know we got advertisers to pay for all this, and I know that we got to hear from, you know, the opposing coach and all that stuff, but it was so great to see Max. He, I wasn't lying when I said a friend and a mentor. That guy... He, when I was up at Utah State, uh, and Greg's here with us now, so I'll be brief, but I, there wasn't a lot of senior statesmen. I, I kind of was, like, figuring it out on my own my freshman year. Then I get here... And I get to spend a year learning from one of the greats uh, in BYU football history, which is saying something because we all know the legacy that's left behind. And then to be able to have him come back in 2012 and be a coach my senior year and then to be able to have maintained a relationship to where now our wives are friends, our kids our kids know each other, has just been a, a special treat for me. So to be able to share the airwaves with him and to have him here <laughs> to help break the curse the fire. is, I think, exactly what we
2: need. <laughs> hey, Joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel. Greg, you just got done talking to Kalani Sataki. What would you learn?
1: Well, I learned that uh, whereas last week, uh, after the Arizona game, there were some current concerns, both about uh, how many guys weren't able to play in the game, uh, you know Jake Oldroyd and Max Tooley and, and Jackson Kafusi, uh, you know the Nakua brothers, uh, and there's you know and there was concern about a couple of guys who were lost in the game. The news got really good during the week, and and we'll see some of these things are game time decisions, and in fact how they're warming up right now will determine if they get to play or not tonight. But but the people that were concerns about are putting themselves in a position to be available tonight, and we're talking about both Nakua and the brothers, uh, Nakua brothers, uh, Neil Pau who left the game, Ding came back in. Uh, he is going to be good to go, it sounds like. And uh, somewhat surprisingly, Gunnar Romney. Uh, Gunnar Romney's injury last week appeared to be one that would take him out for you know a, a game or two, right? Uh, but in, uh, when they got back, things weren't as bad as they thought they might appear when they went in and did some work and got some imaging. And then Gunnar himself said, let's give this thing a go. And so he's warming up. And wow. you just don't know. Yeah. And uh, Max Tooley should be good to go. Jackson Kafusi should be good to go. The only guy uh, that Kalani really ruled out, uh, tonight was Keenan Ellis, and yes. so Keenan's going to be out a little bit, but the other guys who there are question marks about for one reason or another are all going to put themselves in a position to be assessed for readiness at game time, and that's as good a situation as you could hope to have uh, for this game.
2: You talk about that that position, talking to Samson Nakua this week, he told me the coaches have had to pry me off the practice field because I want every rep I can get to prove that I'm ready to play on
1: Saturday. Yeah, both guys have practiced, and, and again, how many reps either or both get you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be determined. If Gunner gets on the field, we'll have to wait and see. If Jake Oldroyd swings a leg, uh, we'll be determined. But uh, I, I I gave Jake a minute ago the thumbs-up question, and he gave me a thumbs-up answer. That's how I interpret it, at least. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. Because they were going to wait to see how he swings it in pregame, because it's kind of a game-to-game, day-to-day thing with Jake, how that back is feeling. But, again, he's out there and uh, and, and warming up, and, and so we'll, we'll hope that it's a good day for him and his back. But props, right, go to Justin Smith. I mean, <laughs> the, the points he scored were really big for BYU last week when, when they were up eight things had shrunk he made it an eleven point game gave them the cushion they needed so where Arizona needed two scores late and just got the one but uh, you know Justin put him in, in a position to put Arizona in that spot so I give all kinds of credit to Justin Smith for being ready and getting that done uh, you know Kalani uh, I, I think feels that there's been I think he said I want to paraphrase him from our interview. He thought there was a, a an extra level of focus, he felt, from his guys this week. That, that sometimes it cannot be just the same week or just another game. It's it's a summer bigger than... He felt that there was a little more to his guys this week, and, and we'll see how it all comes together on the field.
3: Greg, I'm sure they were playing their cards extremely close to the vest, but all those players that you just mentioned that were not available last week, available this week... I I gotta believe that you can expand the playbook. Was there any hint or any notion that you got that there might be maybe some more aggressive play calling or maybe a couple of different looks because of the added players?
1: Not from Kalani, but just by you know by, by, by the nature of their abilities. If those guys play and didn't last week, you'd be able to do maybe a couple things you didn't do last week. Uh, but not, not 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 to that extent. I, I do think it's interesting that uh, the tight ends, who were such a big part of this offense, you know, last year. Maybe this does or doesn't surprise you. I'm not sure. They had, I think, only combined three or four catches, but I think there were seven tight end targets on the night. Now, that's between Rex and Holker and Wake, and I consider Wake a tight end. He's a tight end fullback, but he lines up on... Yeah, me too. Yeah, He he, he, play, he plays a tight end spot for them. So, you know, seven's not a, not a horrible number. I think the number of catches felt down, especially in terms of how Rex contributed, but that's still... I think a huge ace in the hole for BYU. Uh, that can still be a mismatch situation. They can go double and triple tight and feel comfortable with the ability to push uh, push the ball down the field in in that personnel grouping.
3: Last week, Connor Pace started on the offensive line. Joe Tukwafu who ended up taking the majority of the snaps, uh, the five guys up front. Were there any other shuffling, or is that kind of the only switch?
1: I think that's where you might see something again tonight. Is, is how Joe feels because uh, Joe, you know, didn't didn't have a lot of camp um, and and kind of got ready late. Uh, to get ready for Arizona, so I think if you see anything there, it might be at that right guard spot. You could see some more Connor Pay tonight, uh, and once you get past the five and six, then you're right down to to Braden Kime and Campbell Barrington is probably seven and eight.
2: I don't want to get too far afoot as we're closer to game time on the big news from yesterday, but I, there is one important question I want to ask you. I got a, I got the sense talking to Kalani this week that he was really taking the Big 12 news and isolating himself from it. Do you feel like that big news yesterday, BYU accepting an invitation to the Big 12, will serve as any distraction or, on the other side, motivation for tonight's
1: game? I I mean, I certainly hope it wouldn't be. I don't know that that, 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 that it can be because I think it had been percolating enough that it wasn't as if it was a total blindside. I think everybody around the program knew this was something that was about to or could happen. Then the confirmation, the stamp comes yesterday. Kalani was happy to address in our pregame interview, it's the last thing we talk about. And he was more than happy to say how much he still appreciates the recognition. He says, we all can feel a certain thing about ourselves, but when someone else comes and says that's what we think too, that's a real uh, positive thing for those who are within and inside the program. and so. I, I'm taking the macro approach, kind of the uh, uh, the bigger picture. Uh, good vibes feel that it's been such a good week, and so many good things have happened. That wouldn't it be great if, if those feelings just kind of kind of swept on and continued into the evening, and it becomes a truly uh, you know uh, joyous weekend for Cougar Nation, and not just a really big day.
2: We talked a lot about the uh, offense from the injury standpoint, and it mentioned Keenan Ellis. But Kalani put it really hard on the defense this week, publicly in the media. He wants to see them more aggressive. He wants to see them cause turnovers. He wants them to have the impact on the game.
1: And he adds special teams to that, too, in our pregame interview. He said this can't be all on the offense to fix this turnover thing. We have to be, and one of the things BYU really excelled at in that 2020 season was being a truly complimentary football team where everyone was equally involved in each other's objectives uh, on game day. And he said it's got to be the defense doing it and special teams has to contribute to. We can't just simply say to the offense, don't make the mistake. We've got to do it somewhere else. Well, Greg, it's almost game time. I know it. Can you feel it? I can. It's
2: nice. Let's, hope, let's what a, a great day. It's been a great
1: weekend. It's already been. Let's just keep it going.
2: Amen. Let's keep it going here at Little Edwards Stadium. Thanks, Greg. Look forward to you and Riley on the call coming up. Uh, well, let's see. About an hour and change from now. Looking forward to it. After a quick break, we'll be joined by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley.
2: Cougar Pre-Game Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU athletics. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face Utah. I'm joined now by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch, Utah week, robbery week. Just
10: ask this to Max, I'm going to ask you again. I mean,
2: you're part of the broadcast team, a little bit different, not taking hits, but you still get butterflies?
10: So, you know, the butterflies are different, right? It's uh, being a spectator, it's 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 an interesting adjustment because as a player, you can impact the game with your play. You know, you can get your mind right, get, um, you know, do as much as you can to fulfill your responsibilities on the field and directly impact the score of the game, how the offense performs, how the defense performs. As a spectator, you just simply watch and hope they do what we hope they do. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's it's. You know, butterflies, you get a little bit nervous. Um, But, I mean, this is what it's all about, right? Rivalry week, it's a big week. Um, I I mean, you're seeing so many people flood into the stadium already. And, I mean, this is what it's all about. This is Saturday night college football.
2: There's no better place to be than a football stadium in September in football gear, getting ready for a big game like this. I mean, I've always... I mean, traditionally we grew up. The rivalry game was on a Thursday or, or the, after Thanksgiving, last game of the year. I kind of like this early, early season stuff. I, I was one of those guys for a long time that was pining. Hey, first game of the year, let's go! Let's all summer long. Let's build up to this. Let's play it. First game of the year. See it week two, still good feel.
10: Oh yeah, I, I mean, it definitely adds the anticipation when you have it early on because you know it's on the schedule early and all summer. All uh, all winter you're prepping for you know in the back of your mind you know hey Utah's early we got to get ready Uh, but the other thing that I love about this is early in the season most teams are healthy right you're not missing too many key players and you know late in the season there's you, you know you don't run into the what if of is, you know, if, if the quarterback wasn't hurt or the running back wasn't hurt, you know, is this a different ball game? It's early in the season. Most, I mean, most everyone's healthy, and so this is going to be a battle of the best of the best and, you know, couldn't be more excited for tonight. All right, we'll get back to the rivalry game in just a second, but it's not often that the big game,
2: the rivalry game, gets overshadowed on a week by a news story. It yep. did this week with the announcement of BYU joining the Big 12. I, I'm not even joking or no hyperbole here. The biggest story in BYU athletics ever. Yeah. Like even Trump's, I think, the 84 National Championship, if you believe that. My mind, my argument. You can argue it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but let, let me ask this. You grew up in Houston. You, you're, you're a guy who grew up in that territory of the nation. Does it mean a little
10: bit more to you? What do you think? What was your reaction? Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody's so excited for this announcement. Um, you know, I'm right there with them. For me personally, you know, I grew up a BYU fan. My dream was to put on BYU Blue and, and play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But part of that, I was always hoping, you know, if I went to Utah to play for BYU, I would hope that we'd get games on the schedule to come back home, play in front of some home crowds, some friends. And this is happening. I mean, you have um, Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, University of Houston. Those are a lot of Texas schools. And for me personally, I mean, that's that's a dream setup for a college football player out of, out of the Texas area. Um, and but, but what's so great about this is just a solidified schedule year after year, right? It's been so fun the last couple of years in Independence to see the strength of schedule improve, and now it's going to be week, week after week, year after year, and that's consistent. And so the ability to compete for a conference championship, I mean, this is something that these players, you know that they're excited about and ready for because these are big games and a chance, you know, hopefully too with an expanded playoff, you could get into the college football playoff and make a statement just with the natural conference that we're in with the Big 12 now.
2: So. Well, you mentioned one thing that I mentioned earlier with Riley about this. The games BYU's played in Independence, five, six, seven this year, P5 games, will ease that transition into a P5 school where you're doing it every week, a P5 conference where you're doing it every week. When the Mountain West Conference kind of broke apart in 2011, Utah and TCU made that jump not having had that experience, yep. and they struggled. I think that eases the transition for BYU a little bit.
10: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I was actually listening to Tom Homo talk um, with, with Jeremy Spencer the other day, and I thought, I, I mean, he said something that, you know, really sh- stuck out to me. When BYU went independent in 2010, the whole goal was for access and exposure, right? And that's exactly what they did. Year over year, the strength of schedule improved. And they put BYU in that immediate conversation for a true contender in a conference like the Big 12. And so when it came to expand the conference, Seem like BYU was a no-brainer, and it's for that improved schedule. They're ready to go. We've competed against the best of the best ag- ag- across all conferences. And so this is, I mean, something that all of BYU Nation's excited about. Me personally being from Texas, I mean, this is huge. Let's get back to the game now. Enough of that. Enough of the side <laughs> story. Let's talk about the big game coming up.
2: Let's talk receivers. No. Shocking news moments ago. Gregor Bell tells us that Gunnar Romney now may play. Was listed as doubtful. Not expected. He's out there warming up, trying to give it a go. We might see him. Samson and Puka Nakua most likely will play. Samson said they're trying to pry us off the practice field. We're getting as many reps as we can to get ready. Neil Pau, big game last week. Yeah. What do you expect to see out of this receiving core in week two?
10: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, week two, just adding, I, I mean, that, that was great news as well, that Gunnar could potentially play this week. Uh, but adding Samson and Puka to that roster, the biggest thing this adds is depth. Which you need in a game like this, um, as well as experience. You know, even Puka and Sampson, they don't have the experience with BYU yet, but they've played in collegiate level football games. And I expect, you know, as you know, looking back at most BYU Utah games, this is potentially going to be a back and forth battle. And you want those guys who you can look up to in those moments where maybe you're struggling a little bit more, right? The ball isn't being moved as, as you would hope. And if you find yourself down seven, down 10. You want guys that you can look up to that have been there, that have co- made comebacks, and all of those guys have been in those situations. And so I think this is huge from a depth perspective, experience uh, from the res- overall receiving core, and, and and so it's nothing but positive to have as many weapons as you can in a rivalry game like this.
2: Earlier this week, Kalani Sataki publicly with the media said, putting pressure on the defensive side of the ball, saying, we talk about turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Mostly that's focused on the offense. He wants to focus being on the defense. He wants them to create havoc. Do you expect? What do you expect out of defense? Is it going
10: to happen tonight? I, I mean, I hope so. Right? I, I'm a I'm a believer of play to win the game. Don't play not to lose the game. Right? And with that mentality, you've got to be aggressive. You got to take your shots, especially in a rivalry game like this. Um, you want to come out swinging, and I think that's BYU's best opportunity. Um, I was I actually got to go to the Weber State. Um, Utah game last week in person at Rice Eccles, and it was—I mean—the the thing that almost impressed me the most was Charlie Brewer is the real deal, right? He can—if he gets comfortable in the pocket, he can be very lethal, um, dishing it out to those receivers. And so, in order to get him uncomfortable, you have to bring pressure. You have to get him thinking you know, I may not have all the time in the world, get aggressive from a defensive side of things to get him out of rhythm. Uh, because a guy like him, if he's in rhythm, it's it, it can be dangerous. And so I think it's very key for the defense. But also on the offensive side, right, you have the weapons. We talked about the receivers, the running backs, right? We don't have to go into, yeah. into a, a conversation about Lopini and, and, and Tyler and how well they are as backs. The tight ends are are, are uh, tremendous as well. And so utilize those weapons to your advantage. Take shots. Be aggressive. And I think it's only going to pay off.
2: All right, an old adage in football. You see the biggest improvement between week one and yeah. week two. I don't know if it's true or not, but everybody loves to say it. So I'm going to ask you, what, where do you expect to see the biggest improvement from the Arizona game tonight against Utah?
10: Yeah, so on the defensive side, I'm definitely going to lean towards just the basic fundamentals of tackling. Right? We saw quite a few missed tackles last week. It's something that, you know, being week one, It takes a little bit, uh, you know, it could be a a game or two to get used to the pursuit angles, right? You haven't played in a real game since December. Some of these guys coming out of high school, maybe they haven't played in a couple years, right? Having that game speed is a real thing, and it takes people, um, it it could take a few plays to adjust. And so having one game under their belt, they're going to go back to the fundamentals after watching film to understand... You know, the importance of breaking down, wrapping up on the tackle. Um, And so that's where I expect to see the biggest improvement on the defensive side. Um, On the offensive side, the utilization of the tight ends, right? Jaron Hall was getting comfortable um, on the offense, and so maybe we didn't see, as as Max Hall mentioned earlier, the expanded playbook. Um, I do expect them to kind of unleash the playbook uh, for today that will involve the tight ends. Um, And so those are kind of the two things that I expect to see today. Well... Be safe on the sidelines. It's a special place to be during a robbery game. Some of my fun memories from covering
2: this game comes from standing on the sidelines. One of them was fourth and 18 coming right at me. It was fun. Hey, that's, hey. Uh, that's a memory, right? Oh, it was fun. Jason Shepard and I standing right there as the play was coming right at us. Hey, uh, on the other side, Jason Shepard, the aforementioned, sits down and speaks with Kyle Whittingham. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is
2: presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. We're getting you ready for BYU and Utah, coming up in a little over an hour from now from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Earlier this week, Jason Shepard talked with, and I point this out with emphasis, former Cougar, and head coach of the Utah Utes, Kyle Whittingham. Here's their conversation.
7: Coach, with the game under your belt, give me your pleasant surprise something that stood out to you that you were pleased with, and then something you, you look at from the win over Weber State and said, you know what, we got to get better.
4: Well, I'd say the first thing that jumps out at, uh, at, at... At me and and uh, probably our fans as well as Charlie Brewer and the way he was able to to throw the ball uh, accurately, went through his decision making process quickly, took care of the football. Um, you know, we did have the one interception but that was, uh, you know, Hail Mary that uh, really was not his you know, that's just a, a end of the half uh, throw it up for grabs and so I think that uh, that was the biggest uh, positive coming out of the game is the efficiency, throwing the football uh, negative was special teams we, we weren't very sharp on special teams and, and obviously the 100 yard kickoff return was the, the big uh, hit that we took in the special teams department but we gotta, we gotta be better we missed a PAT and just didn't do a whole lot uh, in special teams and that's something that typically is a is a strong suit for us and so we got to get that corrected
7: you mentioned Charlie Brewer and and his efficiency I I did hear you say that you do want to see the passing game get better overall in terms of where you want to see that get better what did you mean by that
4: well, first of all, the drops. You know, we had five drops in the game, and that uh, you just can't be a good passing team if you're going to drop the football. And, and uh, I'm not going to say you're never going to have a drop, but to have five in one game, and a couple of them on uh, touchdown passes, Charlie would have had two more touchdown passes had we made the catches, and and so that's got to get corrected uh, first and foremost. And and uh, you know, other than that, uh, you know, we only snapped the ball I think sixty three or four times, something like that, that were graded snaps, and and we threw the ball uh, I think twenty. Nine of those 63 so we're very close to a 50-50 average or a percentage and and uh, you know have we not had the game in hand at the end it probably would have been uh, you know at least 50-50 maybe a little more skewed to the to the throw game but but uh, you know we've just got to be uh, efficient and uh, get the production every single week because if you're going to be a good football team in this day and age you've got to be able to throw the ball efficiently.
7: Let's talk about that really good defense and it really does feel like every time I prepare for these games the talk is that this could be Utah's best defense and I'm hearing that again this season I don't know how much you pay attention to that but what are the expectations for the defense in obviously what should undoubtedly be a massive strength again this year
4: well, we always have high expectations uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, what we, you know where we end up is anybody's guess you know I don't really pay attention to to the uh, you know those statements that could be the best ever. I mean if you're going to be the best ever, you've got to play like it, and that's uh, that's the, the bottom line and and so that you'll play your way into that conversation and right now we're, we started off on a on a decent note. you know we gave up uh, 260 70 yards somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, 10 points you know the, obviously the other seven points were in the kickoff. Return. So, we did some good things defensively, but uh, just like everywhere else, uh, you know, on the football team, there's room for improvement and and things that we got to get better at, you know. And so we'll just see how we progress as the season progresses. But but uh, I know we've got to get a lot better and and uh, better with assignments, technique. Uh, I thought we made some plays on the ball uh, in the secondary that was good to see, and uh, that's got to continue because we're going to be tested in the secondary all year long.
7: Talking with the head coach of the University of Utah, Kyle Whittingham, here on Cougar Pre-Game Live. Kyle, what were your thoughts on what you saw from BYU against Arizona, and then maybe your overall thoughts on the team Kalani has this year?
4: Yeah, it was a solid game for for BYU, and and uh, did what they needed to do. Took care of the ball in offense. They weren't overly prolific. You know, I think they had three hundred and seventy yards or, or somewhere in that range. And and uh, or no, I guess it was about. Uh, yeah right around 370 and and so uh, but they like I said they took care of the ball they had a uh, you know the run the run game was was solid I thought the quarterback did a nice job for his first uh well I guess it wasn't his first start but but uh you know his his first game of the season I thought he was pretty sharp and then uh the uh wide receiver Pau was the go-to guy you know he was the guy that uh, was targeted most often you know their scheme hasn't changed much even though it's a new quarterback and, and a lot of new faces it's very very similar scheme and and, and uh, did a nice job in the play-action boot game. That was a, a big part of what they did and and uh, just overall uh, did what they needed to do to win that game.
7: Kalani has talked a lot about the relationship that he has with you and how much it means to him, not just from a professional standpoint, but also as a mentor and a friend. I'm curious, on your side of things, what has that relationship meant to you?
4: Oh, it's meant the world, and I feel the same way Kalani does. I love Kalani. He's a, he's a guy that uh, I have the utmost respect for. Uh, I believe we have a great relationship uh, that goes beyond football, far beyond the football field. And uh, we spent some time together in the summer and uh, I just you know, was uh, so uh, grateful for what he brought to our program when he was here. He did a great job for us and came in as a, a young coach that really had no defensive background and put him on the defensive side of the ball and he took to it uh, immediately and worked his way up to coordinator and and did a fine job coordinating for us. And then, of course, he had other opportunities that he left for but uh really thankful and grateful for what he brought to our program and and uh like i said thank uh think he's just a tremendous person
7: Kyle now Kalani has said multiple times he obviously wants to beat Utah but outside of that he cheers for for Utah to win every other game now do you do the same for BYU outside of the one game
4: <laughs> you know I've been asked <laughs> that about uh, a lot of teams and I, I'm so focused on the, on the whoever we're playing I, I don't really pay attention but I do wish the best for Kalani I can tell you that for certain and and uh, I was happy to see that uh, a new contract extension I yeah. think that's awesome and well deserved well deserved and that was the definitely the right move for the school to make and, and uh, getting him locked up for for a longer period of time.
7: I know that you preach the importance of forcing turnovers as much, if not more, than anyone else, and they have played a massive role in this matchup. Is that the scheme that leads to so many forced turnovers from the Utah side of things, or is it something else?
4: I'm not sure it's the scheme as much as it is the, the culture and the, and the philosophy. It's uh, you know There's a lot of different ways to turn the ball over. I don't think our scheme necessarily lends itself to, to more takeaways. I think it's a mindset, and uh, if you look over the last six years, somebody told me, I didn't do the research myself, but we have gained the most takeaways of any team in the country over the last six years, and I think that's a huge part of our success. I know it is, because the turnover margin other than the final score is such a vital statistic, and, and probably the most vital statistic i mean it's either that or explosive plays those are the two things that are that are neck and neck for uh you know determining whether or not you win and so it's something that we uh, preach on a daily basis Uh, we coach it we teach it uh and probably more technique than scheme you know just technique when you get to the point of attack of ripping the ball out and and doing what you can to to create those turnovers but but uh, like i said more a mindset than uh, anything we're doing schematically
7: all right, Kyle. Last question, and I know you were asked about the winning streak, and you said nothing lasts forever. That ultimately, it really just comes down to how the team prepares, just like every other game. With that said, how much easier is it to get guys' attention in terms of that preparation when the opponent is a rival?
4: Well, it's, it's very easy. I mean that's that's one of the that's one of the good things about the about the uh, the week of this game is that uh, you don't need to do much to to get their attention and and uh, their their interest is peaked you know, from the get go and and uh, particularly the guys that have been in the rivalry game before. Now the new guys, there's a little bit of, of a uh, educational process to let them know, you know how intense it is and the, and the uh, you know just the emotion of the game. It's uh, not hard to get your team up for for games like this, and and uh, in fact it's probably a need to make sure you temper them and not uh, you know not let their emotions get the best of them.
7: Kyle, thank you so much. As always, you are always great to to do these interviews whenever we need them, and uh, and I truly do appreciate it thank you very much for the time
4: okay jason thanks for having me on
2: there you go that was kyle whittingham head coach of the university of utah 21st ranked utes coming into lavelle edwards stadium to face the cougars the cougars looking to end the streak and tonight feels like it might be the night it happens when we come back we'll look at some other action in college football this is cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. This is the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live presented
2: by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on tonight. BYU soccer over at Southfield up 4-0 on Missouri in about the 62nd minute of that match. Now to college football, a couple top 25 scores to be aware of. Uh, let's go Notre Dame surviving a scare uh, with Toledo. They went. The Irish score late to get a 32-29 victory. Number two, Georgia beats UAB big, 56-7. Texas AM beats Colorado in a whopper of a scoring game, 10-7. That was sarcasm. Hey, future Big, Tel, big 12 brother, Cincinnati. They their seventh ranked in the nation. They beat Murray State, 42-7. Number one, Alabama beats Mercer, 48-14. And there was one upset in the top 25 uh, in a top 15 game. Number 12, Oregon, goes into the horseshoe at Ohio State and beats the Buckeyes 35-28. to 28. That's going to wrap things up for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar pre- Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rebel and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
6: Not having it last year was a, was a was tough for a lot of these guys, knowing the team that we had, and we feel good about a team that we have coming into this game tonight. So, we, you know, we're we're grateful for it. We're, we're thankful that we have a bunch of fans here and that we're at home, and so really looking forward to performing well in front of our home home crowd.
1: Every coach will tell you that every week's next game is the biggest game, but then in the reality, you know, BYU Utah is something special.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I was really pleased with the, the focus and the uh, preparation this week. I mentioned to the team that um, Lavelle was big on preparation, and that was his, you know, he said that the will to prepare is more important than the will to win. And that was really um, evident that they prepared a little bit d- different this week than they had in, in, in weeks past. And so I, I'm really liking the focus, and we'll see how it plays out tonight. But but so far, with the coaches and with their schemes and with everything that we've practiced all week, we feel really good about going into this game.
1: It's so easy to focus on turnovers as being the key factor in this particular matchup. But as you said earlier on the coaches show, it can't all just be about the offense not making mistakes. It's got to be about the defense also forcing some and, and forcing some of their own
6: will. Exactly. And then special teams as well. I think I think, it, I think uh, if you make the, the focus all on one side, then, then we're not playing complimentary football and we like to play complimentary football in all three phases. And that means that we want Jaron and the rest of the group to be uh, aggressive on offense, but then at defense, we have we want to find ways to make uh, make things their, their life a little, a little bit easier, and that's creating turnovers ourselves and special teams, and making sure that we uh, create big plays on on special teams. So all of it works together. We we we've had that be a main emphasis as a group, and especially going into this game this week, and we'll see how it plays out. But I really feel good about the the mentality of our team right now.
1: You were down a few guys going into the Arizona game. You lost a few guys in the Arizona game, but generally speaking, it's good. It's been a good week in terms of getting some of those guys back and getting some of those guys ready to go against Utah.
6: Yeah, and I think most of them will be back. Uh, Keenan Ellis is the only one that's not going to be playing for sure. Other than that, it's really going to be decided on the field an hour before kickoff. And so uh, we've had some of those guys, uh, actually all of those guys practice, and we'll just have to see how the last 24 hours has been for them.
1: We kind of touched on turnovers. Are there other what you would say are keys to the game in terms of getting the result you want
6: tonight? Yeah, it comes down to the fundamentals of the game and and, uh, doing all the little things right. We've talked about about, uh, doing the, the small and simple things as a team, and 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 the rewards that it bring for us. And, but that's true in so many so many um, parts of our life, but uh, it's going to be really true for us in football.
1: How pleased were you with how Jaron Hall handled his first start in two years? I was, really was just really happy that he
6: was able core. to show the poise he and, and composure that the that we need to lead this offense. And um, I thought he made some really good decisions. I thought there's some things that we could do better as a team to help him. It helps having all your weapons back. And so hopefully that'll that'll help ease his his ability to, to feel like he has to put it all on his shoulder. So I think he's got a lot of different weapons to go to, a physical line. So we'll have to see if we can get some points on the board. All right, biggest concerns that Utah presents? Oh, they're they're the same. They've they've had the same uh, identity for years now, and ever since Kyle's been there, he's wanted to establish uh, possessing the ball on offense and, and and winning the game on defense. And so, I think they're they're doing just enough on special teams and defense to carry most of the load for us. We want to play all three phases evenly and try to find ways to contribute and make the game make the game ours. And I think uh, that's going to be a difference. Is us playing our version, our best version of our own football, our own brand of football, and that's our BYU style of football, and then seeing how it matches up to what Utah brings.
1: You haven't come through the tunnel yet, but I think you've already got a sense of how it's going to feel because you know it's a sellout, and it's BYU Utah on a Saturday night.
6: Oh, you can feel it in the air, and there's a lot of extra incentives for the fans to be really excited going into this game, and I felt it when I walked up you know, on the, on the Cougar Walk and seen all the fans there, and I can't help myself. I'm a fan at heart. That's what I was before, a coach and a player, and um, I just want to really make them happy.
1: The focus is fully on football and on this game tonight. That's been the focus and is. But at the same time, this is part of what's been a special weekend for Kruger Nation. And I think you know that and acknowledge that and realize the good feelings everyone's got this weekend. It'd be great if the good feelings just continue for a few more hours.
6: Well, it's a good compliment to the fan base, to all of Cougar Nation, to to the hard work that the Athletics Department has done, to the academics of our school. I think everyone should be proud of that fact, that that, that we are um, in the Big 12 and, and, and that we've been invited. It helps confirm what everybody thought in the first place, whether they're part of our fan base or part of our family or whether they're uh, outside of our university. It's just nice to have it be confirmed. Um, obviously, we're focused on the game, but we can't be blind to the fact that people are receiving expecting us, and, and that's, that's, that feels good when, when that, that's able to happen. It certainly
1: does. Kalani, thank you for the great preview. Best of luck against you, Tom. We'll talk post game. Let's go. Have some fun. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth alongside Riley Nelson. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside a sold-out Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for the 95th official renewal of the BYU-Utah football rivalry. It is a series that Utah has owned since 2009, recording nine straight- wins over 12 years, but never has either side won as many as 10 in a row against the other. We'll see if history holds here tonight. And BYU finds a way to get one back before these teams take another two-year break. After tonight, the series will next be contested in 2024. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. We're joined by engineer Michael Wimmer and broadcast assistants Alex Dotson and Bryce Noakes Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens reports for us from field level and in the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Our booth host is Ben Bagley. Our stats man is Ralph Sokolowski. And our spotter is McKay Perry. Our in-studio engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay. Coordinating producer is Terry South. And our control board operators are Corbin Radford and Tanner Graff. Our broadcast intern at BYU Radio is Trevor Rich. You're listening to us on the new skin BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City flagship is KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are heard on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app, the KSL app, as well as on byuradio.org and Cougars.com slash live radio. In addition to our over-the-air network affiliates in the Intermountain West, you can get archives and highlights on the BYU football podcast. Do get that and also on the BYU radio app to search for BYU football. Alright, well we're hoping that uh, BYU AD Tom Holman will be available in a few minutes to step into the booth during this pregame show and as soon as he does we'll interrupt our preview, if you will, to speak with Tom about BYU's membership in the Big 12, but until then we'll discuss the many ways this game has gotten away from BYU over the last 12 years and Riley perhaps the most frustrating thing is it hasn't always been just one thing yes the turnovers are a major component but the Cougars have almost lost in every heartbreaking way you could find to lose a football game whether in regulation or in overtime in nail biters in blowouts minus in the turnover margin plus in the turnover margin home or away it feels at times as much a mental hurdle now as it is a matter of physical exertion and execution. But either way, the streak kind of now has a life of its own, and it's time once again, Riley, to end it.
3: Yeah, and in the pregame show with Ben in Cougar Cuts, Kalani mentioned that the history can inform the present but really has no bearing on what happens here tonight. So I think for us as fans and media, we feel the nine games like piling up on us a, a lot more heavily than this program, or at least Kalani is trying to make it be that way, make the team know that... The only thing that matters is what happens here tonight. Play-by-play, series-by-series, quarter-by-quarter, half-by-half, game-by-game. That's how this game will be won. It really doesn't matter what's happened in the previous nine. What matters is what's done here tonight.
1: More of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show is straight ahead. But before the break, this reminder to stop by your locally-owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues right after this, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Getting you geared up for game time, this is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU and Utah coming up here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, a sold-out venue, showcasing just the kind of support that Cougar Nation is going to bring to a whole new endeavor as BYU enters its Big 12 era. The school yesterday accepting an invitation to join that Power 5 conference effective in the 2023-24 academic and athletic season. One of the main architects of this undertaking is BYU Athletic Director, Tom Holmo who joins us now in the booth. And, Tom, congratulations again on this major milestone for the BYU program and really the culmination of a concerted, let's call it decades-long effort, really, to join the upper echelon of American collegiate athletics.
5: Thank you, Greg. Uh, I feel so good tonight to see this full house. We're celebrating 9-11, the anniversary. We didn't have any games in that last year where we had people, fans in the house, and now this great... Um, tribute that's going on right now to 9/11, and everybody's here. It's a full house, and it's BYU Utah, red and blue. What could you ask for more?
1: A sold-out stadium here in Provo tonight, and all the seats are full now. Earlier this morning, when I was here uh, for the tower climb, it was a pretty, it was a somber and solemn moment, and, and yet pretty uh, uh, poignant as an empty stadium uh, felt emotional as a lot of people showed up to honor the first responders and make their climbs up the stairs this morning here at Lavelle.
5: Yeah, I think that um, the tributes that sometimes athletic events, people don't want to bring in emotions and things from outside the game. But sometimes the athletic events, whether it's professional or collegiate, um, they just kind of really have an emotional and a passionate touch to it. And tonight, I think a lot of people are feeling it.
1: How gratifying uh, a weekend is this for you personally? That culminates tonight with with this sold out building after a monumental day yesterday.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I don't really look at it personally. I just I I just hung out with a bunch of our former football players at the varsity club tent, and just looked at all of them. And I talked to Patty Edwards last night, or the night before, and. I just – I don't feel this is – I feel this is about the brand, and the brand started a long, long time ago, and it's been good for a long time. And I kind of just felt like there was going to be a day when this was going to come, and we had to be ready, and it was a long wait. But I'm happy for Cougar Nation now.
3: Tom, um, a lot of, of course – Greg just mentioned in the lead-in that this game is going to take a two-year hiatus. I think a lot of people, are uh, they have the elation of the Big 12, but they're also concerned about the preservation of the in-state rivalries, particularly the game against Utah. I'm assuming that's already kind of been talked about. But, I mean, we're going to play this game every chance we get.
5: Yeah, I'd like to. I, I just had an opportunity to talk with Mark Harlan down below, and it was awesome to be able to look at him. We're friends. We've known each other for a long time. And when he, I knew him before he came to the University of Utah. And one of the things that we said is, hey, we're going to do everything we can within our powers to, to play regularly. Will we play every single year? I'm not sure about that. But we're going to work to play regularly.
1: Tom Homo is with us. He's going to stay with us as we head down to field level for our national anthem.
5: What so proudly we at the twilight's last
4: gleaming? Whose broad
5: stripes and bright stars
1: What a week to start the BYU football season. Seven nights ago, we were in Las Vegas at Legion Stadium, 50,000-plus on hand, so many in BYU blue. Then we have a week that ends with the invitation to the Big 12, and a day later, whoa, that's a flyover. (laughs) And then a day later, we've got a sold-out Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a 9-11 commemoration night for BYU in Utah, again on ESPN. New video boards up and running. This has been uh, a pretty significant week in Cougar athletics, Tom Homo.
5: Hey, it's been a great week, but it's time to play football. (laughs) Uh, I've been waiting for a long time to see this filled with a sea of blue, and here it is tonight. Two great rivals, two great teams, great tradition. Let's go.
1: What do you hope happens with BYU Athletics in the next two years before this becomes (laughs) a a, a new thing for us? Well,
5: I think we really have to continue to grow and learn and build. One of the things that Kalani and I talk about a lot, he talks to the team about it a ton, is that he wants his team, he wants every member of the team, every member of the coaching staff to learn something every day. Football, about life, about teammates, about relationships, whatever it is, learn and love and grow. And we have two years left. We're not going to mess around in these next two years, this year and next year, and come limping into the to the big 12 we want to do that we want to come in with momentum and we want to come in strong we owe that to the big 12 to do that
1: come in with some more championships let's do it tell you this women's soccer team is playing i, I you'd have a hard time convincing, convincing me they played to a 0-0 draw a couple nights ago they're in a 7-4 game with missouri right now on, on the good side mind you
5: we need to play all our games <laughs> at south field because there's some magic over there we've had a little trouble on the road but here we go
3: okay Tom, you've been really busy with your administrator hat and all those duties, but I know you still pay attention. You're still a player at heart, you know. So I want to hear from you know the former safety, the former coach. Give me your X and O's perspective on what has to happen with this team tonight in order to break the streak and come away with the victory against the Utes.
5: I think it's been said many times. It's about execution. This, these are games where individual players. Are the, th- are the ones that combine to look good on offense and look good on defense, but it always comes down to individual players making plays. As was said earlier on the show, we have not done well at BYU in this game in turnovers, and it comes down to this execution and focus. There's a ton of emotion in this game. And how you handle that, how you manage it, how you focus that attention has a lot to do with how you execute.
3: I love it. I hear it. Kalani, and, and it's repeated by his players, One eleventh, 11th And it sounds like that comes from the top down. That's coming from you down.
5: Hey, this is Kalani's team. And maybe he's teaching me. I don't know. I'm ready to learn, too. So, Greg. Anyway, you, you, either way, it's good we're all on the same page. You two, you two guys got a lot to learn, too, before you get into the Big 12. Let's start tonight. Let's <laughs>
1: do it. Tom, we are in Lavelle's house, and, and he's as responsible as much for the things we feel here tonight as a collective Cougar Nation. I know you echo that sentiment, and thank you for taking a minute, and, and let's let's get a dub. Let's go, Cooks. Here we go. Thank you, Tom. All right, that is Tom Holmo. Coming up, we'll head down to field level here from Mitchell Jurgens after we tell you that mouth-watering Hawaiian-style food is just minutes away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. For fresh-off-the-grilled chicken, teriyaki steak, and sizzling shrimp, Coconut Island Grill has the island flavors your mouth has been waiting for. Ask for the BYU discount and get 50% off. That's 15% off at Coconut Island Grill. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, on the new skin, BYU Sports
0: Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Brubell. All
1: right, to so BYU and Utah coming up just before the bottom of this hour. And any team heading into a rivalry game would love to have all hands on deck. Didn't look it was like it was going to be that way for BYU earlier in the week, but the news got better as the weeks gone along. Uh, the, Nakua, uh, the Nakua brothers, uh, Max Tuli, Jackson Cafusi. Uh, Jake Goldroyd, maybe even Gunnar Romney could be available for BYU tonight. We'll see who is available when the first snap of the ball is played tonight. But a lot of guys who are banged up have tried to get themselves ready uh, for tonight. Meantime, uh, Utah more or less healthy uh, when it comes in to tonight. They played an opener against Weber State, won it pretty comfortably. Uh, Either way, uh, Riley, whether it's the guys we thought about maybe not playing, getting able to play, or backups having to be ready again to play, it's time for some, maybe some unsung heroes to, to carry a tune in the rivalry game.
3: You know, as the older I get, the more I think about what kind of legacy did I leave as a player. And unfortunately, once your eligibility's up, there's nothing you can do to affect it. So it, it's hard. I, I don't know that you put that pressure on these kids, but there are players in that locker room right now that have an opportunity to be remembered forever, to be part of the team that broke the streak, that made the key play, that put a stop to the bleeding, that reversed the fit, that reversed the trends in this rivalry, and uh, hopefully whoever gets put in that opportunity tonight capitalizes, and it works out well for the Cougars.
1: This Utah team, Riles, nationally ranked for a lot of good reasons. Among them, standouts at quarterback and linebacker in Charlie Brewer and Devin Lloyd, the place kicker, Jaden Reddings an all league selection, and the Utes, as always, stout on both lines with a veteran secondary. Has the makings of one of Kyle Whittingham's better teams, and the Utes were a couple of drop touchdown passes from hanging 50 on Weber State last week. I don't care how good Arizona State or USC turn out to be or any other team BYU is going to play this year. I think tonight's game will be the toughest one BYU plays all season. Accounting uh, for the added burden of this 12-year wind drought, uh, BYU will need to be on point in every facet, mental and physical to beat this excellent Utah squad.
3: I said it earlier with Ben Bagley in the Cougar Live pregame show, and I, I almost stopped myself when I said it, but I truly believe it. That the season hinges. It's only week two, but the season hinges on this game. I agree, Greg. The importance of this game cannot be overstated. I think the boys in that locker room are up for the challenge. Every The attitude I get, it's not a false bravado. It's not a, it's not a hesitant, you know, it's not a hesitant, well, I hope, hopefulness. Uh, Those guys are ready, and, boy, we're here a few minutes from kick. I can't wait till it gets going.
1: Let's head down to field level now. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Mitch, you saw this Utah team in person as they played their season opener nine days ago. If you saw any potential vulnerabilities, what might they be, and where could BYU perhaps have an advantage in one way or another
10: tonight? Yeah, Greg, well, before I get to Utah specifically, uh, I, I want to comment on one of the perceived advantages BYU has tonight, and that is playing this game here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. From Big 12 news to the rivalry game this week, um, Cougar Nation in this stadium is rocking. You can already feel the energy, um, which could absolutely influence the energy and uh, mo- momentum tonight in BYU's favor. Um, th- as far as Utah's performance last week, I, I was surprised at how well Weber State moved the ball against Utah's defense. Um, They did come up with some key stops, but overall, the offense moved it. Um, And and so with the amount of weapons um, that BYU has at the wide receiver, running back, tight end positions, and a dual threat quarterback in Jaron Hall, I think we could see BYU put up a good number of points as long as they can convert those opportunities inside the 20. Um, on the offensive side of things, I, I know it was just week one, but I wasn't too impressed with Utah's receivers. Um, so if they struggle again tonight, I think BYU can take advantage of some one-on-one matchups, maybe some limited drop coverages to put pressure on Charlie Brewer. Um, so it should be a fun one tonight, Greg. That,
1: that is the former BYU wide receiver, the always sure-handed Mitchell Jurgens. Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kickoff. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavella Bridge Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.